0: Thanks for tuning into this week's podcast. If you'd like to know more about our ministry, you can check us out on the web at hillsideassembly.org. You're about to hear a message from our current message series, and I hope you open your heart and mind to hear a word from God today. Well, good morning. Good morning. Welcome to Hillside Assembly. My name's Eric. I'm the lead pastor here. If you're a, a visitor with us this morning, it's so great to have you here We'd love for you to stop off in our foyer. We've got a guest table out there. We'd love for you to stop by, pick up a couple gifts, fill out an information card. We'd love to contact you later this week, get to know you a little better and answer any questions you might have. If you're viewing online for the first time today, we'd encourage you to check out our webpage, hillsideassembly.org. Lots of great information there uh, that will help you grow in your relationship with Jesus. Uh, We're going to give of our tithes and offerings at the end of service today. You can give in one of two ways. We've got a giving box in our foyer. You can just drop your uh, tithes and offerings there, or you can give online at hillsideassembly.org. There's a giving tab on our website. Just click, and you can do that. I've got a couple ministry updates. Who's ready for some updates today? Oh, man. All right. Everybody's rested. They're excited about church updates. This is a good sign for the sermon that's coming later. Uh, we're excited because Nick Tun is going to be sharing at the end of our service today. He is Japan-bound, and uh, we're excited for him. We're going to give you an opportunity to give to his mission uh, and to help him get over there, and so we're excited to end our service with that. A couple other things that are here that we need to talk about starting today, wearing masks in the building are optional at this point. the uh, do you, uh Free masks are still available upstairs and downstairs, and our overflow room will remain available at least through the summer, and so just to make mention of those things. Uh, Today is excited because in-person kids' ministry will launch today. Uh, We're excited about that. I know Miss Jackie and Jeb are. In fact, right after the first worship song, Jeb will come up. He'll give some direction to improve our campus kids today. Uh, We've got several projects that we're working on around the church to improve our campus one of the projects we were working on was some new lighting for our sanctuary. You may have noticed that nothing has changed yet, uh, and that's because we are having some manufacturer setbacks with the products that we need. And so that's on hold. Uh, once those products become available, we're able to get the parts that we need. Uh, we'll make those transitions, but we really didn't feel like going half on, half off in here. That kind of would be weird. Uh, and so we're waiting on, on those to, uh, to be available, and then we'll make that transition. Uh, you may have also noticed when you come into the church, uh, all three of our doors, there's a small sticker, and on that sticker it reads, "Electronic." Uh, this building is under electronic monitoring. So I wanted to let you know this morning that we are in the process of installing a video security system here at Hillside, and there's a few reasons for that. Uh, the first one is this, we have some other churches in the area that have experienced some vandalism, and our hope is, is that we can deter that from happening here. Also, theft prevention, uh, I think that's probably a good thing to do, and then to ensure that if there's an incident that happens on our campus, that we're able to give as much information as possible to the authorities to handle it in the proper way. And so uh, we're in the process of making that transition. If you've got any questions about that, of course, you can ask me about that. I'm happy to answer those. And, uh, you know, I'm getting ready to go on sabbatical, so it'll also be nice to see who plays hooky uh, when the pastor's on sabbatical. So uh, while you guys are all watching the service, I'm watching to see who's actually attending church. Uh, I'm joking mostly. Um, But hey, are we ready to worship this morning? So I'm going to invite Mike and the worship team to come on up here this morning. God is good. He is faithful, and he's on the move in great ways. Would you stand to your feet this morning as we welcome the presence of God into this place? God's not just wanting to do something here in your life, but across our community this morning. God is on the move. He's on the move in great and mighty ways. And last week, church, God moved in this place in a very authentic move from Friday to Sunday. It was pretty amazing. But I do want to give a word of caution. God wants to move this morning, but he wants to move in the way he wants to move. It's really easy for us to set our expectation and go, we want a rerun of last week. But God wants to do something new. And he moves in amazing ways. (laughs) Look, your pastor's not quite sure what God will do today. And that's a good thing. Right, We've got a direction that we're going in, we've got a plan, but God is the one who, who oversees all of this, and he can make any changes that he wants to in a moment. I know this, he came here today to meet with you. So let's set our expectation on God. I want everything that you want to do in whatever way you want to do it. Would you lift your hands to heaven this morning as we ask the Holy Spirit to just come and move the way he wants to move today? Lord, we lift up your name in praise, the name of Jesus, the name above all names. Lord, you came here today on a mission, an appointment to meet with each and every one of us, to speak into our lives, and to give us an opportunity to connect our hearts to yours in worship. So, Lord, we lay down all the things this week that might be overwhelming to us, the things that we don't have answers to, the situations that we're facing. We lay them down as an act of worship, and we pick up our praise in this moment to set the course for this worship experience. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Move in this place, in our lives, and across our community this morning. As pastors, get ready to take their pulpits in whatever form that might be, that, God, your spirit might be upon them, that you might fill them with your spirit, and that, God, you might move in our churches. In great ways today we give you praise glory and honor and God's people said let's open up today's worship experience doing just that let's worship Jesus
1: amen and to say uh, blessed be the name which is our next song to bless the Lord basically means to praise the Lord and I'd like to read from Psalm 28 6 and 7 praise be to the Lord for he has heard my cry for mercy The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusts in him, and he helps me. My heart leaps for joy, and with my song, I praise him. Kathy's going to give us the intro to Blessed Be the Name. All praise to him who reigns above in majesty supreme. His name above his, his, his die that we might man redeem. Blessed be the name, blessed be the name, blessed be the name of the Lord, blessed be the name, blessed be the name, blessed be the name, be the name of the Lord, his name, his name above all names shall stand. Exalted more and more At God the Father's own right hand Where angels hosts adore Blessed be the name, blessed be the name Blessed be the name of the Lord Blessed be the name, blessed be the name Blessed be the name name of the Lord RUINED BY THE FALL THOU HAST by SALVATION'S PLAN FOR THOU hast DIED FOR ALL
2: BLESSED BE
1: THE NAME BLESSED BE THE NAME BLESSED BE THE NAME OF THE LORD BLESSED BE THE NAME BLESSED BE THE NAME BLESSED BE THE NAME, be the name OF THE LORD his name shall be the counselor the mighty prince of peace of all earth's kingdoms conquerors whose reign shall never cease blessed be the name name, blessed blessed be the name blessed be the name of the lord blessed be the name blessed be the name Let's sing Bless that again. Blessed be the name. Blessed be, Bless be the name. Blessed be the name. Blessed be, Bless be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name. Blessed be the name. Blessed be, Bless be the name of the Lord.
0: You can be seated this morning. I think Jeb has a video for us.
1: It's Jive Time with Jeb!
0: Good morning, Hillside! Who's excited to be at church today? Ooh, you guys are sounding good! Well, I think it is time to get ready to send our kiddos down to Kids Church. So, if you are in grades K through five, would you stand to your feet? All right, are you guys ready? You now can go to the back where the double doors are. Miss Jackie is waiting for you. Everybody else, hey, can we give our kiddos a standing ovation as they head downstairs? Woo! All right. Well, it's time for me to go. I got to get downstairs with those kiddos. You guys have a great worship experience this morning. We'll see you soon. Bye. So excited about what God is doing. Uh, This morning, it is Pentecost Sunday, and you may not be familiar with what that is all about. And so we got a short video we're going to show you. I'm going to talk about it for a moment to lead into our message today. So let's roll that video.
3: What happened that day when the Spirit arrived? When the Holy Spirit came? What happened then? It got loud. Loud enough to be heard all over town. Fire appeared, divided and dispersed to each of them. The outsiders came running and they heard the fire-talkers tell of God's mighty works in their own language. Parthians, Medes, Elamites, people from Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, Asia, Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt, Libya, Rome, Jews, Proselytes, Cretans, and Arabians, The Spirit had come to describe the glory of God in their native tongues through those who followed Christ. These representatives of the world stood astounded but curious, bewildered but ready. Then Peter showed them from the Scripture exactly what it meant, revealing God's promise to all who trust in Jesus. And many believed And many repented, and many were baptized, and many were saved. The Spirit had come. The church was born.
0: The church was born at Pentecost. Everything that led up to this, to this point, everything Jesus had done with his disciples was leading directly to this specific moment so what is pentecost sunday well it's a commemoration and a celebration of the receiving of the holy spirit by the early church this event took place in acts chapter 2 pentecost is a movable feast which is celebrated 50 days or the seventh sunday after easter sunday so that would be today it's the birth place of the church or sorry the birth date of the church when the church really began to walk in the mission mission and the fulfillment of what God had called his people to do as a movement. Now, let me explain why I'm not preaching from that particular passage of scripture today. I believe that we've got to follow the leading of the Spirit and not follow the calendar. And God wants to speak to us. The disciples had to go on a journey before they could experience the acts of the Holy Spirit. They literally had to walk through the Gospels to get to the book of Acts. And this morning, as followers of Jesus, I believe God is doing something amazing. He wants us to build a relationship with the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit isn't an it. It's a who. It's a part of Jesus. And whether you know this or not, the Holy Spirit has been working in your life long before you ever became a believer. He's been at work in your life, I believe today as disciples, the modern day disciples that carry the banner of the church, it is crucial and important for us to have a deep understanding of the gospel message if we want to experience what the Holy Spirit has for us in full. And the Lord has led us down a path to take a deeper walk through the gospels. That's what we're doing going through Mark. This isn't something we're shooting from the hip on. It's something that we've definitively heard the Holy Spirit speak to us. And going into this Sunday, I know, I know that I know the passage of scripture God has for us is in Mark chapter 11, verses 1 through 11. So if you have your Bibles, turn there. But I do want to tell you this, we're announcing this morning, we will finish our series in Mark. I can't tell you a date for that because we're just doing what God asks us to do. But as that series comes to a close, we're going to launch a brand new series, walking through the book of Acts together and figuring out. How we, just like the church was birthed in the book of Acts, how God wants to birth a new ministry in Hillside Assembly, a ministry that's vibrant with the relationship of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen. Are you excited about that? Woo! All right. Well, let's turn to Mark chapter 11, verses 1 through 11. And just because we aren't talking about Acts chapter 2 does not mean that the Spirit is not about to move in this place. Amen. We're about to hear the word of God. Let's pray really quickly this morning. God, as your word is preached this morning, may it not be the words of this man or any man, but Lord, truly the heartbeat of God yourself, that Lord, through the power of the Holy Spirit, the word may be communicated effectively, that ears would be open, and that God, we would respond to the word you're speaking to us today. Lord, we give you praise, glory, and honor in Jesus' name. And God's people said, amen. amen. Dave, I have lost my fan remote. Could you turn the fan on for me, brother? Thank you so much, because I am starting to uh, melt up here. So, and hey, it's Pentecost Sunday, so it's going to get a little hot. So, uh, this morning's message is called this, Fan or a Follower of Jesus? Fan or a Follower of Jesus? You know, I think about that often. What What does God... What does God his response to us look like, how we respond to him? What does he think about our response to what we're doing? Do we come off as a follower of Jesus or a fan of Jesus? I got a picture, I think, if Dave can bring it up. Yeah, that guy right there, I know it's not really large. I've been in some services with that guy. (laughs) Not last week, because I don't think anybody fell asleep in the service last week. But I wonder sometimes... Not our enthusiasm, because we're not always going to be enthusiastic about the things we have to face as a follower of Jesus, but I wonder sometimes if that's the posture of our heart. Arms crossed, barely staying awake, dozing in and out on the things that God has for us. I'm not talking about Sunday morning. I'm talking about our relationship with our Savior. Sometimes is that the posture of our heart? Maybe not the posture of our physical being, but the posture of our heart. Let's jump into this passage of Scripture in chapter 11, Mark chapter 11, starting with verse 1. We're talking about the triumphal entry, which normally we would preach this around Easter time, but we have an opportunity here to take a little deeper dive. We're not on any clock here that says you have to finish finish preaching about this by a certain time. I mean, obviously we're not going to keep you here today until 5 o'clock, but As we move forward, each Sunday, we're we're not up against some type of block of time. We're just going through the Gospel of Mark together. So let's jump in and take a deeper dive into this passage of Scripture. As Jesus and his disciples approached Jerusalem, they came to the towns of Bethphage and Bethany on the Mount of Olives. Jesus sent two of them ahead. Go into the village over there, he told them. As soon as you enter it, you will see a young donkey tied there that no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks what you are doing, just say, the Lord needs it and we'll return it soon. you got to love the heart of Jesus. He's like, I'm borrowing it, but it's coming back to you. Coming back to you as a blessing. Verse 4. The two disciples left and found the colt standing in the street, tied outside the front door. Just like Jesus said. Because when Jesus speaks, it's a word that can be trusted. We can trust Jesus. Verse 5, as they were untying it, some bystanders demanded, what are you doing untying that colt? They're like, hey, hey, that's, that's, that donkey's not for sale there, guy. Verse 6, they said that Jesus had told them to say, to, told them what, uh, let's try that again. They said what Jesus had told them to say, and they were permitted to take it. Then they brought the colt to Jesus, and they threw their garments over it, And and he sat on it. Verse 8. Many of the crowd spread their garments on the road ahead of him, and others uh, spread leafy branches they had cut in the fields. Jesus was in the center of this procession, and the people all around him were shouting, Praise God! Blessings on the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessing on the coming kingdom of our ancestor David. Praise God in the highest heavens. So Jesus came to Jerusalem, went into the temple. After looking around carefully at everything, he left because it was late in the afternoon. Then he returned to Bethany with the 12 disciples. First point I want to talk about this morning is this, the tale of a donkey. I knew Chris Kafer would be excited. A face that only mother could love or Chris. Donkeys are a unique animal. My parents have one. It's a rescue. It's a a miniature donkey. And I'll say this. Donkeys have attitudes. Sometimes they're great attitudes, and sometimes they're not. I think just like us, we've all got attitude, and we, we can choose whether it wants to be a positive one or a negative one. But I want to talk about the tale of the donkey. Uh, when we look at this, the Lord is about to do something in this passage of scriptures he's never done before, something that he had repeatedly uh, cautioned others not to do for him. He was going to permit his followers to give a public demonstration in his honor. This is the first time that we see this, and it's super important. And, and here is Jesus, he is the, the, the guest of honor, he's the focal point of this whole thing, and he comes riding a donkey? I mean, the King of kings, the Lord of lords. He's there at the very beginning in Genesis. The word was with God. That's Jesus. He was there at the very beginning. He was there at, at when creation was formed, the planets and the stars and all this, and he's riding a donkey. It just doesn't seem to fit. So let's talk about why Jesus chose a donkey. Well, the first one, first reason is it fulfilled biblical Old Testament prophecy. Zechariah 9.9 9 says, Your king is coming to you, a righteous and having salvation, humble and mounted on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. In fulfilling this prophecy, Jesus accomplished two purposes. He declared himself to be Israel's king and Messiah. And two, he deliberately challenged the religious leaders of the day. This set in motion the official plot that would lead to his arrest, trial, and crucifixion. Things that had to happen. And today, as believers, as we look back on this, the fulfillment of this prophecy gives us more evidence that Jesus is who he said he was. So that's the first reason for the donkey. Let's look at the second reason for the donkey. It's a symbol of peace. Traditionally, if a king were to enter a city, city riding on a donkey, it symbolizes the arrival of this king and that he has come in peace. If a king were to show up on a war horse, this was a statement of war and conquering. Jesus, the prince of peace, did not come to wage war on the human race. He came to establish peace between our God and ourselves, to make things right That's why Jesus chose a donkey. He came to be the Prince of Peace in a time in history that was in turmoil and where his own people desperately wanted an overthrow of the Roman culture. It's not what Jesus came to do. He came to bring peace. He came to establish and make things right in our relationship with God. But the third reason for the donkey is one that absolutely fascinates me. A donkey is a humble animal, but Jesus would use this humble animal for a mighty task. While Jesus would have been worthy to ride on the most magnificent horse that we could possibly imagine, a Clydesdale or some other magnificent animal, Jesus rode in on a humble donkey. This message for us is crucial. The donkey literally carried the Word of God. This instrument, this donkey, is how the Word of God would travel that day. This lowly animal was chosen to carry the mighty Word of God, just like you and I are. Now, no one had rode this donkey before. But it's very possible this donkey may have been used to carry baggage in the past, as it was getting prepared. It was a younger animal. See, when you looked at this donkey, you'd think to yourself, "That donkey's not worthy to carry Jesus in this manner." But the donkey was worthy because Jesus called it to be worthy. And as you look at our yourselves, as you think about yourself, you might feel like, I'm not worthy of what God wants to do. It's somebody else. Somebody else can do it because I don't have the gifts or the talents. But you're worthy because Jesus called you to carry the gospel message. He's called us, just like he called that donkey, to carry the word of God. It's our turn, church, to carry the word of God. Amen. These are just humble vessels that are worthy just because Jesus chose them. But pastor, you don't know about my past. You're right. Things that happened to you years ago, or your past that happened to you five minutes ago, or this morning when you got up to come to church. But I want to tell you this about your past. It's in your past. And God is here to define your present and your future, and he'll deal with your past. Your past can't hold you back from what God wants to do in your life right now, unless you let it. Unless you glorify your past to the point where you you put more weight on your past than you do on the calling God's placed in your life. What are you doing this morning? Where does the weight resound? Is it on what happened? Or is it on who he is? God is bigger than your past. He's bigger than the issues you faced yesterday or that you'll face tomorrow. And He's chosen you to carry the gospel message. You're qualified to carry the Word of God because Jesus said you're qualified. You're qualified to take the Word of God to your workplace, to this community, to your campus, to your home, and to your neighborhood. You are qualified because Jesus called you. He chose you this morning. So let's talk about point two for a moment. How deep is our worship. How deep is your worship this morning? Let's go back to verse 8 for just a moment. Many in the crowd spread their garments. So At this point, Jesus and his disciples, they're getting ready, and this crowd begins to form. Many in the crowd spread their garments on the road ahead of him, and others spread leafy branches they had cut down in the fields. Jesus was in the center. He's in the center of everything. This procession that's moving forward, he's in the center of it, and the people all around him were shouting, praise God. Blessing on the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessing on the coming kingdom of our ancestors, David. Praise God in the highest heaven. So Jesus came to Jerusalem and went into the temple. After looking around, he carefully, looking at everything carefully, he left because it was late in the afternoon, then returned to Bethany with the 12 disciples. This was a long event. It probably took several hours for this to happen. It went into the late afternoon. So for a few hours, people lifted their voices to the king, just like last Friday. Just like last Friday. As we worshiped the king, and we lifted our voices, and God did amazing things. But just days later, these worshipers, their cheers of worship, the worship that said, "'Blessed be the one who comes in the name of the Lord.'" Praise God in highest heaven. The same voices that were lifting cheers of victory and cheers of worship. The same people. Their cheers turned to crucify him. Think about that for a moment. This is is both one of the greatest moments in the Bible and also one of the most saddest. Where were these people days later? Where was the worship days later? Think about that. It's easy to worship when it's the easy thing to do. It's easy to worship when we're in this moment of victory or or, or we're getting ready for a moment of victory in our life. It's easy to worship then. It's easy to worship when there's a crowd of worshipers when there's other people demonstrating their love and passion for Jesus, it's a lot easier for us to worship. But how deep does your worship go? Where's the worship when it's the hard thing to do? Where's the worship when you're facing defeat or experiencing loss in our life? Where's the worship? We'll talk more about loss next week. Where's the worship when the music stops, when the crowd is gone, and you're left alone? Where is the worship? How deep does your worship go? Do you have inside of you the relentless spirit, the character and integrity to worship Jesus when you don't feel like it? And I'm not talking just about on Sunday mornings. In fact, Sunday morning worship should be the absolute smallest pinnacle of worship in our life. It should be the smallest moment. Because worship happens really when we leave this building. What do you do from 11, 15 to next Sunday at 10 a.m.? How deep is your worship? Because that's the worship Jesus is after. That's the worship that's more than a song. Do you have it in you to worship Jesus when it's tough? To worship him like Paul and Silas did in jail. When you find yourself in the dark and the cold and isolated, do you have what it takes to worship? Do you worship? Can you worship like Joseph? When Joseph was sold out by his brothers, backstabbed, they wanted to kill him. They threw him down into a well and then they sold him basically to a traveling circus. Yet here is a man who continued to worship God because he was a man of integrity. Do you have that kind of worship when you're sold out by the people you thought had your back? Do you have the worship in you like Daniel exposing your worship even if there are consequences for it? Are you a follower of Jesus? Are you a disciple of Jesus? Or are you this morning just a fair weather fan who worships when it's convenient? It's a question I can't answer for you this morning. But it is one that you need to answer for yourself. How deep is your worship? Worship team, if you'd come and get ready. Does your circumstances determine your level of worship? I came to church this morning. I feel absolutely horrible. All I really want to do in my flesh is go home, put a pack of ice on my shoulder, and go to bed. That's really what I want to do. But I came this morning because he's worthy. Because he's worthy. Even when this body doesn't want to worship, I got a choice to make. And I know this morning, there are things in each and every one of your lives, reasons that you feel like not worshiping today, reasons that you feel like not connecting and going to the deep place God has for you. But you've got to choose, what do you really want this morning? It was easy to worship last week. We come off Friday night, this great, the momentum from Friday night. We come into Sunday morning. We had a tremendous worship experience. It was easy. But what about today? Does your worship match last week? Does your excitement, expectation, does it match last week? Or or does somebody have to stoke the fire in you for you to worship passionately? Or is there something inside of you that says, I can choose to light the fire, to determine that I'm going to lift my hands in worship even if I don't feel like it, even if there's some pain in our worship. I want to tell you, sometimes it's in the moment of our pain and loss where we worship, our worship is is purer sometimes. Because it's not about a hype. It's about heart. It's about heart. Maybe you came to church on Pentecost Sunday waiting for the Spirit to razzle and dazzle you. But I want to tell you, your Savior came this morning for the worship. (laughs) That's what He's here for this morning. He came to spend time with you. And yes, God wants to do things in your life. But some of us came with a mindset uh, of God came to serve us today, and this is our expectation list of what we want God to do. And you're missing out on connecting your heart with His heart in the deeper moment of worship this morning. Church, would you stand to your feet, because we're about to go into worship. We're going to come back and spend some time with Nick at the end of service, but I know Nick's heart, and Nick's heart, he wants to connect with Jesus today, and he wants the people in this room to connect with Jesus That's the most important thing. Jesus came for the worship today. John chapter 4, verses 23 and 24 say this. But the time is coming, and indeed, it's here now. It's here today. When true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. The Father is looking for those who will worship him that way. For for our God is spirit. So those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. Let's put the hype aside. Put expectation down for a moment. Jesus is here in this place. The Spirit of God is here in this place. I believe he is worthy of our praise and worship this morning. Is there anybody else here who says Jesus is worthy of our worship this morning? Come on, let's put our hands together. Let's lift the name of Jesus high. The king is here, and he's ready to receive worship from his people. Let's worship the king.
1: I see the king. I see the king of glory coming on the clouds with fire shakes
2: the whole earth shakes.
1: i see his love and mercy washing over all our sin the people sing the people sing hosanna hosanna Generation, I see a generation rising up to take their place with selfless faith, with selfless faith. I see a revival. I see a new revival. It is Will you sing King of all days? we might worship Him. On the cross, He paid the price that we might come in the freedom of the Spirit to worship Him. But I'll never know how much it cost. I'll never know how much it cost to see my sin upon that cross. I'll never Upon that cross, here I am to worship, here I am to bow down, here I am to say that you're my God. All together, lovely, all together, worthy, all together, wonder. Here I am, Lord, give it all to God. rich in love. Still my soul will sing your praise. Lord bless the
2: Lord, oh my soul, oh my soul, worship his holy name, sing like never before, oh my
1: soul, I worship your holy name. Let's bless the Lord a
0: worthy of praise this morning. Just one more time, church, would you just lift up the name of Jesus? Lift some praise and worship from your heart to his. Lord, we thank you. You are faithful, you are honorable, you are worthy. I want to pray for you this morning you don't have a relationship with Jesus, that's by far the most important thing today. And if you're sitting here going, man, these people are excited about this guy named Jesus. The truth is, is Jesus changes everything. He's changed our lives, our families. We want you to be able to experience that kind of relationship with Jesus. And it starts by just saying, hey, I'm broken. I got something wrong inside of me. I can't fix on my own. And so we surrender to Jesus and we say, look, Lord, I'm taking a leap of faith and I'm going to say that I I, I believe that you are the Son of God, that you came, that you died, that you rose again, and that somehow you're calling me to have a relationship with you. And it's the submission of that relationship to say, "I'm, I'm in. I want that relationship that starts a relationship with you and Jesus. He saves us from ourselves. He saves us from our sin. So I want to pray for you if you want to start a relationship with Jesus. Lord, I'm a sinner in need of a Savior. I'm broken. There's something wrong internally in me I can't fix on my own. I need some help this morning. I need some help for the rest of my life. And so Jesus, would you, would you come into my life? I, I'm making a proclamation this morning that Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God, that you came, that you died, and you rose from the grave. And that this morning... You want a relationship with me. So I'm surrendering my life and saying, Lord, I want a relationship with you. Would you come into my life? Would you begin to change and transform me and help me become the person that you're calling me to be? In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer, welcome to the kingdom of God. We want to hear about that testimony. We want to help you grow, and we believe in doing life together. You don't have to do life alone. We would love to come alongside of you and partner with you in life. But also this morning, I want to pray for us. There's a very specific word this morning that God has called you to carry the word of God. And he's calling us to a deeper level of worship. That it's not just about the song on Sunday morning, it's about what we do tomorrow. Are we going to choose to pray and engage with the Lord tomorrow? Are we going to put on prayer and praise miles this week are are we going to take opportunities to get into the kingdom and and pray and seek God are we going to allow God to be able to call us up for service this week if there's an individual in in our neighborhood that needs help or, or a member in your family that needs help are we going to be ready to serve because those are all acts of worship so I want to pray for you this morning about taking your level of worship deeper with Christ Lord this morning we want to be authentic and real Lord, we're messed up. We've got issues up up the wazoo. And sometimes we just make so many mistakes. And once we make a mistake, it's easy to pile those on and make one wrong decision after another. But Lord, this morning we take a moment to breathe and go, we we want inside of us the resolute heart to worship no matter the circumstances. To push through when we don't feel like it, to get into your presence. To spend time with you and to serve you. We want to go deeper in our worship, Lord. You've called us to carry the gospel message, to carry the word of God everywhere we go. Lord, that's an act of worship. That donkey is an example of worship. To be called into the service of the king and to carry the living word of God wherever you would lead it. Lord, we want to be in those shoes this morning. Available to carry the word of God. Available to the acts of service you would call us to. And Lord, available just to spend time with you. Holy Spirit, we need your help. We cannot do it on our own. We want to go deeper, deeper in our worship. That our circumstances would not determine our level of worship. Whether we're in a moment of defeat or a moment of victory, the king is still worthy to be praised. And God, we're deciding today, in this moment, this next week, we want to go deeper in our worship with you. We want to be committed. Lord, we give you praise, glory and honor, and God's people said. Amen. Amen. Would you be seated? One- oh, yes. Let's hold off on the course. I want to get Nick up here. Would you guys have a seat this morning? I want to have Nick come, my good friends, and it's been awesome to watch this young man develop in the Lord this last year. Come on, you can give him a hand clap, because this guy is on mission for Jesus. So come on up. We'll do a little bit of interview style. I'll cut you loose to share a little bit, Nick, but have a seat. So have you guys got to meet Nick? Yeah. <laughs> okay, four people have met you, Nick. So after service today, Nick will be available in our foyer. Go up and meet this guy, because he is amazing, growing in Christ every day. God's doing a great thing with him. And that's a good-looking picture, man. So when you're done on the mission field, you can use that for your dating profile. So I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, I'm very excited about what, what God's doing. When we look at this passage of Scripture that we just talked about, God was on a timetable, and he knew that there were, were things that had to happen. And it was amazing because Jesus lived out the life that we're called to live, and he was led by the Spirit. And isn't it cool how everything falls into place? That donkey was exactly where it needed to be. That's the Spirit's leading in some pretty incredible ways. And, and Nick is a guy who I've seen the leading of the Spirit in his life in some pretty unique ways. And so if you don't know Nick, uh, Nick, how did you come to Hillside? How did that connection happen?
4: I first found out about Hillside because I went to Ripon College, and I had some friends that went to uh, church here, Adrian and Hannah, and... I didn't have a church to go to, so I just went with them and continued going until now.
0: So, you guess what? You can invite people to come to church. They might just come with you. And who knows? They could be the next missionaries we send out of here. So, super cool. And then uh, you were connected with his house, with Luke and Mandy, and we've got a great partnership with them. Just talk a little bit about that impact on your life, how Luke and Mandy and that ministry impacted your life.
4: Yeah, I'd say it had a pretty big impact on my life since I was saved through that ministry because I had come to college as an atheist. So and the, 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 that ministry is pretty important. It, it does change lives. God definitely uses it. I, I can tell you, tell you that better than anyone else.
0: So I, I love your story, man, because you went from going God couldn't exist to now like not only does God exist, but I can't sit still in the pew. I got to be a part of doing something in God's kingdom. I know you have a real heart for Japan, and in just a moment you're going to share with us. But how did that heartbeat for Japan start? Where did, was that something recent, or was that something that happened a long time ago?
4: Right, so I'd say it started all the way back in third grade for me when I first became interested in Japan and its culture and learning about it. And I just learned more and more and more about it throughout my life. And so when I felt called by God to leave to, to go to a foreign country, it, it, It was just obvious that the decision was Japan.
0: It is cool how God can work things out, things from our past that He wants to use in our present and future. Uh, Long before He even knew Jesus, God was putting something in your heart with Japan. So I think that's just super cool. So, Nick, tell us a little bit about uh, you're obviously going to Japan. Tell us about you've got a presentation here. Tell us about. how, who you're going with, what you're going to be doing over there, and a little bit about Japan uh, and the ministry over there and the people. And so I just want to cut you loose. Go ahead and share.
4: Okay. So you're just letting me do my presentation? Yeah, right? absolutely. Okay, fantastic. All right, so Japan, the land of the rising sun with an O. That's, that's hopefully what we're gonna, it's going to become. And if we can move to the next slide. I want to show a little bit of uh, the, the, the map of Japan over the map of America. We had it for a second there. There we go. And, and, the, and the kind of population differences. In, in America, we have, depending on who you ask, 60 to 80% uh, people who identify as Christian. And so would you say that we have a Christian culture and a Christian country? I don't think anybody would. So think of how a country would be with only 1% identifying as Christian, so much with barely any, little to none Christian influence at all. Think of the kind of difficulties a Christian faces here in America with our kind of culture. Think of how much harder that can be in Japan, where only one percent, barely even one percent, usually, identify as Christian. And it, and it's uh and it, as you can see, it's a much bigger country than it looks like on a map. It looks very small on a map, but it's it's rather large. And and I and I could. Spent a lot of time talking about all the issues that that Japan faces, the the rising suicide rates and the loneliness epidemic that eclipses anything else going on with it. But my aim is not necessarily to make you feel bad for Japan and the people who live there, but to be excited for God's plan for its future and everything that he plans to do there. So I'm not trying to tell you that they have it worse than we do, I'm just saying that 99% of them don't have a church to go to. They don't have passionate pastors and awesome worship nights like we do. And that's why I want to go, because how can they believe if they've not heard? Right. Yeah. And I believe, firmly believe that the Japanese people are ready to listen. 99% of them have, are lucky if they've ever even seen a Bible before or even heard of a Bible verse, because how could they if there's only 1% of people in the country who even know Jesus? And that's, that's firmly why I want to go, because if they're ready to listen, then someone's got to go and, and talk to them. And if I, just, if I was just, just a fan of Jesus, I would be excited about what's going on in Japan, but I wouldn't actually want to be involved. I would say, you know, that's difficult. I'll leave it up to someone else. But if I want to truly be a follower of Jesus, I have to obey the call that he puts on my life and actually go. So I'll be going with, on the next slide here, I'll be going with, Kai Alpha, that's the building that I'll, I'll be living in while I'm there. And it's a Kai it's Alpha, it, yes, it's Kai Alpha. It's a college ministry, and this particular Kai Alpha in Tokyo is, uh, serves six different colleges instead of just one. That goes to show you how small but passionate the effort is in Japan, I'd say, that people are willing to serve six different colleges all at the same time. And they, ha- they have a whole building in, in downtown Tokyo for the people like me to come and stay in while they're, while they're serving at the colleges. And I listed the six different colleges there. And, 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 and the KAI Alpha College Ministry is similar to any, con- any kind of college ministry. If you've ever heard about any of those, you uh, preach to the students there, you hold events, try to reach the students there, because the, going to college is a very important time in a young adult's life. You've all probably heard about how a lot of people will leave Christianity, and here in America, when they go to college, well, they don't even have Christianity before they go to college in Japan, so it's a very critical time to, to reach people. And I would add that with six different colleges there's, there's, and, and in Tokyo, the biggest city in the world, I should mention, that's a whole lot of students and not a whole lot of people bringing the gospel to them, so they, they can they can use all the help that we can bring. And I'll bring to my final slide, and I'll just mention that so far I've raised almost half of the money that I need to go. Well, I'm hoping to, uh, w- God willing, to leave Japan, th- to leave to Japan in August this year in just a few months. And I'll be there for five months, a little under uh, half a year. And I'm, I'm super excited about it. And I want you guys to be excited about it too. And Anybody's free to ask me any questions about it anytime any time if you want to know more.
0: Well, Nick, come on, give that up. I love what you said about, look, I could, be, I could be a fan of Jesus and sit on the sidelines and say somebody else needs to go and just be excited that there's an opportunity. But you've decided to make an investment. And so what we get to do this morning as a part of our worship is we get to make an investment in God's kingdom, in you. And I just want to say, as your pastor, I'm proud of you. Watching you develop over the last year has been an absolute privilege, and God's not done. Uh, And I know God's going to use you in great ways. I mean, if nothing else, the people in Japan are a little shorter than you, Nick, so they'll just sit (laughs) you, they'll take Nick out and put him in the quad and just go, hey, there's a white person on our campus, come check it out. Um, And you get to share Jesus, so I'm like, totally cool. Cool. Um, God uses all those things, and so uh, I just think it's a great opportunity for us to invest in you. Now, brother, I'm getting old, so you're gonna have to read those numbers for me. So, what's yeah, what's I the total the amount too. you need to go? The
4: total amount I need is
0: like you can't read it.
4: About, four, <laughs> about fourteen thousand, just a little quick math. Okay. And I've raised a little under six thousand already. So I I need a little bit over 8,000 to go.
0: Okay, well, we want to be a part of that today. Don't we want to be a part of that, church? Because we believe in giving. And so before we give, because we're going to allow you to give in the the giving box out there, here's what I'd like to do. I'd like you to come down in front of us. Worship team, you can come back because you're going to play the song as we leave today to do our worship. But uh, I'll take your mic back. What we're going to do is I'm going to ask our church board, those who are available, would you come? We're going to pray over Nick. I know we did this last week because we listened to the Holy Spirit. And we're going to listen this week, and God says pray for him again. So that's what we're going to do. And church, would you stand to your feet? What a great ambassador for the kingdom, and what a great ambassador for our church. Go into Japan to share the gospel and to serve wherever God calls him to serve. That's what I love about Nick. No preconceived ideas. He's ready to serve, whatever that means. So let's stretch out a hand towards Nick this morning. Jesus, we just want to celebrate, Lord, this young man who's been a part of our church family. God, you've placed a burden and a call on his life. The symbolism of that donkey being called to carry the word of God. Lord, now there's a calling on Nick to carry the word of God to a country He's never been that he doesn't know the language and and to serve people he's never met besides on a phone call or email But Lord he sees the opportunity And he hears the voice of the king calling What an honor this morning to invest in his life and in this calling and in this endeavor God there is no doubt in my mind. He will impact and influence students in tokyo God, I also know that through this process, you're going to do deeper things in him than he could ever possibly imagine. God, we pray for the determination to worship when things are hard. When he's had a bad day, when he feels like he hasn't impacted anybody, when when he feels like all he's done is, is messed or goofed up, to have the determination to worship the king. And in those moments, you would speak to his heart and you would do things deeper than he ever thought possible in his life. On this Pentecost Sunday, we pray that the Spirit of God would surround him, would flow through him, that that relationship would grow in the ways he never could have imagined in the months ahead. And Lord, finally, we lift up the financial need before us. $8,000 left. For this guy to get his ticket and head to Japan. God, we want to be a part of that solution this morning. We want to give generously to Nick and to his service. And Lord, we believe as his heart goes to Japan, so will a portion of our heart. We commit to pray for this young man and the journey that you have him on. Lord, we look forward to the great testimonies that will come from Tokyo, Japan in those five months when he's there. Lord, you've got the timetable, the calendar. Whether it's going to be August or if things get pushed back, your will be done. Put him there exactly when he needs to be there to accomplish all you want to do through him and in him and in the students' lives that he'll impact. Lord, our church commissions and sends out this brother. Our hearts go with him in the mighty name of Jesus. And God's people said, amen. So if you give, as you give in your regular tithe and offerings this morning, if you would like to give special to Nick, let's go, we're going to run it through the church, into his account. He's got an account with the Assemblies of God. Who would have thought, man, you'd have an account with the Assemblies of God? That crazy church on the hill. Um, but God's doing great things. We wanted you to be able to, to, to give today. So you can just write a second envelope, or if you're just writing one check, put in the memo how much you're giving to Nick and missions. We'll give, make sure that goes into his account. You can give in the black box directly out these double doors, But uh, I just believe God's doing greater things. So Nick, I'm going to have you go back there first because I know what it's like after Sunday. It's like a stampede out of here. So I'm going to give you freedom to head to the foyer right now. Nick's in the foyer. He'd love to talk with you, answer any questions that you might have. Church, this is the official dismissal as our worship team closes in this song. I just pray that you would see the opportunity here to give and financially support Nick as an act of worship to our King. I love you, church. Oh, and finally, one last thing. I know some of you won't be here next week for Memorial Day. It'll be my last Sunday before sabbatical. (laughs) I love you guys. I love this church so much. It's my privilege and honor to preach next Sunday, a very special message. God's been working in me a long time, and I'm looking forward to that time with you. If you're not going to be here, um, you might want to catch this one online at some point. Just go watch it, because I just want to share with you, our passion for you, God's passion for you, and, and I believe the next eight weeks are going to be great for you guys and us. And somebody told me the other day, they said, so, Pastor, if we see you in the community, should we just ru- turn and run the other way? No, we don't have leprosy, all right? We're just not going to talk to you about ministry uh, as far as the church, what's happening here at the church for eight weeks. We've got to step out of that role for God to be able to prep us for the next five years Amen. that we've got together. And so I just want to say I love you so much. Thank you for this amazing blessing of sending us on sabbatical. And I look forward to next week. We're going to bring it next week. Amen? Amen. We're going to bring the word. We're going to bring the worship. And God is going to move in this house next Sunday. And don't forget Wednesday right here at, I don't know what time we pray. What time do we pray? 6.30 because your pastor's getting old and tired. But 6.30 on Wednesday. Come meet us here for prayer. Uh, I love you, church. Have a great, great week. Mike, would you close us out in worship this morning? Hallelujah.
1: Dave, if, we could, uh, if you could bring up uh, Holy Spirit, and we'd just like to sing that verse. And uh, Nick, uh, some of the last teachings, the last words that Jesus had for his disciples were, and you shall receive the Spirit, and you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and even to the uttermost parts of the earth. That includes Japan, Nick. What God has called you to, he's going to empower you to do. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Come flood this place and fill the atmosphere. Your glory, God, is what our hearts long for. To be over. Your presence, Lord, your presence, Lord. Will you sing that again with us? Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Come flood this place and fill the atmosphere. Your glory, God, is what our hearts long for. To be
2: overcome by your presence, Lord. Your presence, Lord.
1: And Psalm 28, 8-9 says, The Lord is the strength of his people a fortress of salvation for his anointed one. Save your people and bless your inheritance. Be their shepherd and carry them forever. As you go, go together with God. Go in the peace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.